Well, the pairings are out. Everybody's excited. The first single elimination tournament for the Intercontinental Championship belt, Brain, which one time belonged to the Heenan family. It might again. You never know. Well, how many guys have you got in there looking for it? Well, I don't really have any in No, there. you don't have a one, do you? But you never know. You never know. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello everyone and welcome to this latest edition of GFA Live. I am your host Peter Winson and I'm I'm not going to waste any time bringing in once again my beautiful beautiful wonderful guest at this time. A man who I believe was in Goodfellas originally as as one of the children but his scene got cut, Mr. Keithy Langston. Bing pow bing. <laughs> That's where Pesci got it from, right? He did. He, t- he stole that line right from me. I said, I know a guy 30 years. I know him 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll have to do the uh, Goodfellas watch through at some point. Cause, Just uh, remember one thing, Pete. Vince didn't like to take phone calls. He didn't move for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I always uh, it, say, like, if we could go for a second, just think of Vince, Vince in the Pauly, you know, spot, and Pat Patterson as, as uh, Tootie carrying Vince's umbrella as he had to run around. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I could definitely, I could definitely see like how we ca- we're trying to cast wrestling uh, characters as the, in the Godfather, doing it for Goodfellas as well. <laughs> I think I'd have a much better time with Goodfellas too, because it's just so many wacky personas. Like you know, uh, you could have uh, like Owen Hart could play Billy Bats. You know, oh, I don't, I don't know about that because I can't picture Owen as a guy coming out of the joint. Well, we're going to have to rethink that. There's way you, too way too many people that you could you could have for that. I was thinking because he died, but well, uh, that's you know. No, that's I know that's so, all right. Well, thanks thanks for thanks for bringing me down. Now I'm going to need this nine percent beard that I'm having to bring me back up. But what I will have right now to bring you up is the ceremonial reveal of what we're covering today. Of course, anybody who's downloaded it already knows, but this is a thing that I like to do because I've given Keithy zero prep time on this. I just told him that this is something you're going to like, and it's an anniversary of this event. Mm. So without any further ado, okay. Well, actually, there's pretty much no way for me to. All right. So there's the share screen button. I'm not going to share the sound because there's absolutely no point in that. You can actually see the screen now, right? No. <laughs> oh, of course you can't. Oh, that's because I have to hit start sharing. I- I'm dumb. Sorry. Okay. It's that 9% here that I'm telling you about. Okay. Here it is. Ah. Oh. The 1990 Intercontinental Title <laughs> Tournament with all of its screwy finishes and whatnot. <laughs> This is amazing. This All is a right. playlist. This is a playlist available on YouTube. Wow. Okay. It's, a, it's an uploader that everybody knows, but I'm oh. afraid to say the name because yeah. so many accounts have gotten ding lately, and it's a fucking travesty, if you ask me. I swear on this show, kids. So that's just uh, 
wear, wear your earmuffs for the rest of this one. So this we're gonna we're gonna watch the entire tournament, which is how many matches? Five matches, a five match tournament with eight guys. <laughs> five match looks like the longest one is the longest is the final. All right, this works. Well, I mean that 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 does make sense. That makes sense, but yeah. So, oh wow, look at that. Yeah, okay. They got longer as each round went on. Okay. So start with the bracket, <sighs> which was on Wrestling Challenge on April twenty second, nineteen ninety. So yes, this is the thirtieth anniversary. Like, yeah. Hey, do you remember where you were when uh, all of this was taking place? And uh, don't just say the fifth grade. Um, in 1990, I was probably vigorously trying to defeat Super Mario Brothers 3 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, probably is what I was doing. I was I was probably doing something similar. But in looking at this, the, the tournament started on Superstars April 28th, which is my birthday, and hmm. continued through saturday march 19th which was the final and then i remember the following monday may 21st i got suspended from school for calling the gym teacher a fucking bitch wow so, yeah that got me uh two days actually wow. two and a half days because you know and they sent me that's home fifth grade well yeah I, I was advanced for my age no i know like, that's from, like i mean i'm trying to think in fifth grade actually in fifth grade really quick my fifth grade teacher her daughter was an intern for the new kids on the blocks uh I don't know agent or whatever so right. I remember in, I remember in fifth grade as one of our English assignments we all got autographed pictures of a young 1989-ish NKOTB and we had to write thank you letters and we learned how to properly write a thank you letter and how to properly address envelopes <laughs> and things like that and I remember all the girls in my class were giddy because they were like oh kids you know and danny donnie ricky bobby yeah. joey i don't know all their names i could kill us but all the guys were like Ugh. did you say ricky bobby i might have said <laughs> i said i said ricky comma bobby but we could go with ricky bobby i think i'd rather i'd rather get a autographed picture of ricky bobby from talladega nights that would be there's uh, donnie you know. there's jordan there's jonathan yeah i know, I know. there's uh 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 wait um, dan joey. Joey, Joey, jo Joey, Joey, Joey McIntyre, and then who's who's the other, who's the other one? Dan, I, I, I Donnie Wahlberg. There was Dan Knight. No, it was it was Jordan, Jordan Knight, Knight and um, Jordan had a brother. Yeah, I don't know. Bobby, Bobby Knight, <laughs> Bobby Knight. Was it Peter Paul and Mary? I don't know. Who gives a shit? Well, they broke up because he threw a he threw a chair across the stage, and the other <laughs> the other members were very upset. So <laughs> that would have been a great that would have been a great concert if it was just <laughs> the four new kids and then <laughs> Bobby Knight comes out with his freaking sweater on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I am thinking uh, of the uh, the television show Parks and Recreation with the Bobby or Park, Knight Band, right? with the Bobby Bobby Knight Ranger, which is a Knight Ranger tribute band where they all wear the Bobby Knight sweaters. Okay, okay, D done enough kvetching here and, and stalling. So uh, the Intercontinental Title Tournament it starts with just a 22 second video, which I'll hit play on right now. A little kid with Bret Hart glasses, Bret yes. Hitman Hart. Unfortunately, not part of this tournament because he was tag team champ. No, he wasn't. He was trying to go for the tag team championship at this time. Yeah, yeah. Brett was going back and forth, but it leads to that SummerSlam '90 business got, at this point. 
All right, so let's look at this. We had Santana, Bravo, Ake- oh god, Akeem. Akeem and Tito Santana are in our first match, and this is regular Tito Santana. He's not a matador. He's still got the luscious uh, head of hair. Has the Strike Force boots. Um, yep. It's funny. I was listening to the um, Saturday Night's main event that you were on, and uh, where you were talking about Akeem. It was like one of Akeem's like last appearances. Yes. Um, and oh, I was nice hug. Yeah. And, and I just started going down the rabbit hole of like Akeem stuff because I really loved Akeem. <laughs> he had a great Hasbro figure. He did. He was. He's like you know. I mean, it's it's one of these things where a guy who saddled with such a laughable gimmick and the guy made it work. I mean, you know. You really hear that, did. Terry Taylor? I mean, you you could take. I mean, look at look at him. He's basically like. He's wearing a bracelet that says, what would Dusty Rhodes do? Oh, he, he would move his wrists around like that. He would. And, and, and gain 100 pounds. That's, yeah. that's, that's what he would do. He's definitely, doing an, uh, he's definitely doing somewhat of a Dusty impression. I mean, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they had so many different things where it was Dusty impersonators. Even if it was guys where the gimmick wasn't necessarily that as Tito takes control in the corner. Uh, like... That stupid Rio Rogers thing that they had Bruce Pritchard do for like three weeks in oh, yeah. 1993, whatever yeah. the hell that was. Mm. I would say Dusty himself became a bit of a parody towards the end there, with uh, towards the end of WCW when he's on the pram. <laughs> well, there's there's absolutely it, if loving Dusty Rhodes on WCW Prime is wrong, I don't want to know what right is. <laughs> I know it doesn't make for a very catchy tune, but listen, that's the way I feel. Listen, baby. Oh, look at their all oh, they're blurring out the superstars of wrestling. Yeah, it's one of those videos. But one thing that I I, I only gave this a cursory watch through, basically yeah. to make sure that it worked before <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw it here. Do you notice in the background you can see the hockey boards, but also the glass is the, like not the glass, but like the stanchions are all there. Yeah, like you just took out the plexiglass and left everything else up. <laughs> they this must have been a quick a quick turnaround for. Uh, do you know where this was filmed? Oh. Yes, and this was, these were the notes that I was taking while you were trying to figure out your okay. audio situation. This was taped April 4th in Glens Falls, so three days after WrestleMania six, And th- this was a Superstars taping. This Tito and Akeem match is, as I mentioned, from Superstars April 28th. And they would only have – they didn't have more than one tournament match on each show. So they, they oh, spread wow. it out pretty well. Yeah. So – you said it was in Glen Falls, New York? That's right, and Duggan's not even in the tournament. Can you believe who, it? Do you know who, like, who's the hockey team that plays in this arena? Uh, I think it's the Adirondack Red Wings at that time, but okay. that's, that's me going to, like, obscure AHL knowledge of the time period. They, they uh, love to tape in Glen Falls, New York, because you could tell by those yellow stairs behind yeah, like yeah see how, see how there's two women there sitting on the stairs yeah, yeah. yeah like what if what if there's a fire bitches i mean come on i don't mean to be disrespectful but if that place catches fire they're going to be the cause of people dying nice drop kick by tito yeah tito with a good yeah i mean this is this as much as i loved perfect winning this would have been well tito was good for him to go against in the final i think you know He's the perfect opponent for that sort of thing because yeah. you're always you're always going to get a good match out of him at least at least so long. I mean, 
if it's Tito versus the Warlord, you're not going to get uh, a, a great one. Is no, but that Tito versus the Barbarian match at WrestleMania six is great. Now, if you notice, Earl Hebner is counting way too fast and making the finish obvious because Earl Hebner just absolutely sucks. Wow. And Tito Tito can celebrate this count-out victory, unlike Lex Luger, because it actually means he advances and doesn't mean that he's a freaking moron who can't challenge for the title anymore. I, I almost said, oh, look at that, one-man gang losing another tournament match via count-out, but he actually won the tournament yes. match via count-out at WrestleMania 4. He lost the one by a disqualification, so thankfully I didn't sound like a complete and total idiot. Well, that's 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 good. That's what we strive for here. As we go into the next match, which is superstars oh, from yeah. May fifth, Mister Perfect walking past the hockey boards. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he's set to face Superfly Jimmy Snuka in one of two matches on this in this tournament that has a distinct Portland feel because Henning Kurt Henning spent a lot of time up in the Portland territory, as did Jimmy Snuka in, I believe, the very early 1980s. Can we talk quickly about that sign we just saw where it said Mr. Perfect and then the kid circled, crossed it out, and just put the jerk? <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, go oh, back. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Okay. I know go this back. is ostensibly a live watch podcast. Pause this, pause. Holy cr- okay. <laughs> Mr. Perfect, colon, and then there's the, the, the per- Ghostbusters oh, sign. I didn't see the perfect jerk. The perfect, the perfect jerk, oh, but he used kid. a different ink to write perfect because you can just see the jerk. Yeah. And then it's like he decided later, I'm going to write in perfect. But then he ran out of space and he had to squeeze in the last three letters in the space this, that it would ordinarily I mean, give is, him two. This is a John Mulaney joke with, you know, writing a really big ass B on happy birthday. But yes. um, one is this. This looks like a sign that. All right. So this kid's older brother loves yeah. Mr. Perfect. He loves him. He thinks he's the greatest guy ever. And he went to a previous taping where Mr. Perfect was there, and he brought that sign that said, Mr. Perfect, colon, perfect. And he had the picture of Mr. Perfect. Now, this kid, six weeks later, finds this sign and says, I'm going to this taping, and I assume he's going to be there. So I'm going to put the Ghostbusters sign around the picture of Mr. Perfect, cut from the, it looks like the 1989 (laughs) Superstars magazine, and I'm going to put the jerk in it. This 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 is going to have to be the show image, I, I would imagine. He, he's also wearing one of those Hulk Hogan tank tops over a red yes. shirt. Oh, this kid's great. This is this might have been me. That might have been me if I was this kid at that age. If, the, oh. Yeah. If if we're ever going to have a third man in the booth for these sort of things, I want to find that kid. I want to find out where he is now, and, and I want I want to have him. I'll even I'll even just do this over again. I'm like, so so sure. what went into the sign? Please, yeah. uh, please elaborate. All right, I'm going to hit I'm gonna hit play again. Yeah, I bet uh, you he knows. I bet you he can go and tell you, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the only thing is, why is it like, yeah, I stole it from my brother, and then it'll lead to something like, yeah, and he passed away of HIV yeah. in 1996. He, he's like, oh, great, now. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. he's fly snooker. No shoes. And speaking no of dead people, here's Jimmy Be- Snooker. Speaking of dead people who killed people and well, got away with it. <laughs> it's, it's the dark side of the ring. Hold on, is that Joey Morella refereeing? Yes, it is. Oh, so all three as of Howard, these... Yeah, Ooh. as Howard Finkel leaves the huh? ring. All yeah. right, so Howard Finkel is announcing... Who's? Wait, this is Superstars? It is, yes. Oh, so is it Jesse and Vince? It is still, yeah. All right, yeah. so we don't have... All right, so it would have been great if it was Challenge and it was Bobby and Gorilla, because then everybody involved in this match would be dead. Mm. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. Th- 
Well, uh, Vince is dead on the inside, and uh, Je- well, Jesse's still very much alive Jesse's and uh, kicking. So, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, so we don't... this this match, Snuka and Perfect. I mentioned Portland, but it reminds me of that pretty cool end to the '89 Survivor Series match where they kind of went one on one for about five to seven minutes and had yeah. had a good go, and then Perfect came out on top. Pretty fun start to this match. I mean, I think as far as like, I don't know, Snuckle was, I guess, serviceable as a person. I don't know. I mean, he was. Well, maybe not as a person, but as a wrestler. <laughs> as a wrestler. I mean, yeah, he wasn't really lighting anybody on fire. But this is just one of those things where, you know, Perfect could wrestle a broomstick for an hour and it would be entertaining. I mean. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe not a broomstick, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, 1990 Snooker is just not not what he once was, but uh, you know, it's it's not he fair it's not fair to expect him to be 1982 no, Snooker when he's right. 20 I mean, years old or whatever I, it was. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, yeah, I mean, this is a, almost 10 years after he was unbelievable. I mean, think of anybody that's got that kind of a longevity and just at that at maintaining that level for that long of a period of time. I mean, there's really only a couple. I mean, I think like Hogan had it for the most part, but you have a guy like John Cena is really one of the few guys that just can go at that level nonstop. Yeah. There's maybe two to three guys in each generation that are like that. Yeah. Even, even somebody like Terry Funk, Terry Funk would go away for a while and then he would come back and that would make us want him more. Flair, Flair was always there for, for years and years and years. So that, that kind of makes him stand apart. Hogan was always there for the entire golden era. Although he did go away for a little bit to make no holds bad in suburban commando. Hey, suburban commando would make a good one of these. If we watch that. Since so I've been say, since I've said like now twenty times on podcasts that I I was okay. frozen today. I just remember. Uh, I got I saw. Oh yeah, his, what's this? He, he didn't do it. He didn't do his homework, Jess. He tried to ram the Fiji guy's head into the turnbuckle. Uh, you know, perfect should know better than that, Vince. Oh, now he's uh, now he's screaming like he uh, like a woman is on the floor in a Allentown hotel room or something. <laughs> Oh, too soon? Did you watch that Dark Side of the Ring by any chance? I, I, the only one that I've watched is the Dr. D one because I knew okay. him beating the shit out of John Stossel was going to make me happy. Uh, I In mean, fact, the- I, I, you know how I want that Stephen Regal entrance loop played at my funeral? I, I also want John Stossel getting the shit crap beat out of him. Like, I, I want Stossel at my funeral just, so somebody, just for somebody to beat the shit out of him. I, I like want a ring outside. At the at the wake, I want Stossel taking bumps. You know wrestling is fake, right? <laughs> I think it's fake. I think it's fake. What do you think about that? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Nobody cares. Perfect. Ah, I really, perfect. I didn't really think it was going to hit me all that hard. Yeah. Oh, are we going to get the phony baloney fin- uh, finish in the corner where he puts his feet up on the ropes? Yeah. Oh, yes. God, apparently. So yeah. bad. All right, so that's bad. So we had a fast 10 count, and we had a very sloppy, you know, bullshit finish with perfect cheating. Like, come on. All Mr. right. Perfect, Mr. Perfect is tight, though. Very, uh, you know, Bumblebee, very Killer Bee related, you know. Okay, I'm glad you brought up Mr. Perfect's tights because uh, I, I, I think he's done some stuffing in his day 
where uh, Morella, oh, yeah. Morella, Morella thinks he was using the rope. Yeah, yeah. Per, the perfect dick in his in his tights is like definitely an outline uh, going on there. Like he wants to show uh, what he's got. So is this match over or are they? How, how much time do we? Okay, we have 14 seconds. So clearly the bell is rang and Stucker is just rage, beating him up in a rage, which you know is his thing. I uh, think I mentioned. I think I've mentioned to you before about that Saturday night's main event where perfect's in that battle Royal and he's literally got an erection the entire time. And there's, (laughs) and there's, and there's one point where like Greg Valentine's trying to like push him over the, over the ropes. And he's literally got his face inches away from perfect's like hard dick. And it's just really, it's really (laughs) bothersome to, you know, a young child who's like, you know, yeah, it's just, hmm, that's just, you know, another reason for Greg the Hammer, you know? I mean, whew. anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I, I think that it's a valid strategy in a battle royal because if you have, if your dick is hard in a battle royal, that's another thing that you can, like, latch onto the top rope with <laughs> and, and keep yourself I, from going I, out. I hope some person is listening to this and their significant other comes in right when you said their dick is hard. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm afraid I, I I regret actually bringing that up now because it's probably going to be some sort of Joey Ryan spot in a battle royal going forward. So why don't I hit play? And oh boy, you've been waiting for this how one. About we, how you? about we don't? Did, oh, so this is it's good. the battle of battle of the former dream teamers, <laughs> Brutus Beefcake and Dito Bravo from the May 12th Superstars. But let, but this is good because it gives me an opportunity to talk about the. The dark side of the ring, Dino Bravo. That uh, I dark side of the cigarette ring. That's right. what it's called. And how the entire latter part of that show was basically all in French. Now, I don't speak French. I, they were, and I, I was getting aggravated and I was getting mad because, yes, they had subtitles. And yes, I'm, sometimes I do watch television shows with the subtitles on because I can't understand people, especially when I'm watching a show where there's an English person and I can't understand their accent. But I'm seriously watching and I'm trying to read and they're talking so fast and they're moving the, the words are like the captions are going so fast. I'm like, seriously, like Chris Jericho couldn't have gone. Listen, I know they're from Montreal and I know, I know Quebecois has this big problem with like, you know, speaking English as a primary language, but like Chris Jericho couldn't have said, Hey guys, this is going to primarily be aired in America. You guys may want to speak in English while you're talking about how your husband and father, Dino Bravo was such a stand up guy and a man of the people and you love him and miss him. Yeah, but you want you want to make your your subjects feel comfortable when they're talking about this because you know you, you've asked them for their time and when when you're taking their time you 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 want you want them to feel comfortable during it so they are oh, they are going to speak in their native language but yeah the subtitles thing definitely hurts especially since the I said that I watched the Doctor D one I watched it at one and a half times speed so oh. it was go it was going really fast I watched it on YouTube. I couldn't do that with the Dino Bravo thing because I can't read the subtitles that quickly because the yeah. subtitles will go fast, at, you know, 1.5 times speed. God, Bravo is such shit in the ring. But, but I mean, at least Beefcake got you, better. Didn't you take many years of French? I did. I I qualified for sophomore year French in high school when I was a freshman, which meant I didn't have to take a foreign language as a senior, which was nice. 
But uh, honestly, the last French class I took was May of 1996. So if, you know, I, I could probably remember a little bit, but I, you know, I'd probably max out at that Johnny V promo. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Did you mostly take French in high school because when the Bruins would play the Canadians and they started singing like the, you know, Oh Canada, you wanted to sing it in French? Uh, you know, I can't remember why I chose French over Spanish because Spanish is much more practical in today's world. I think in the old world, like and by old world, I mean like, like the days of the Revenant, like you were going to be a fur trader. Well, no, I mean, like, like before, like more than 60 years ago, French yes. was a much more primary language in oh, yeah. the world. Yeah. And then then it became primarily English because yeah. of the United States' ascendancy. Correct. You, uh, would have been able that. To, you would have been able to travel to many corners of the world, and chances are you would have found a, a French colony of some poor. Oh, what, bravo, grabbing right, grabbing friggin' beefcake beanbag. Oh, <laughs> The, 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 the apple bag. <laughs> he, grabbed, he grabbed Hogan's favorite love spot. Ah, he grabbed his beefcake. He grabbed his beefcake. Look at, look at Garabo little... going up to the second rope and hitting a double axe handle. These two guys looking very uh, puffy, I might add. Hey, the oh, oh now he's got to do the uh, angry ref spot with so Earl. Here we go. Oh, they here they we just go. kill each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> Earl, how's that guy not dead yet? Well, it is going to be awkward for me on the podcast when I when I have like the uh, celebratory balloons from the ceiling. You know, with it being an audio podcast, that won't make much as much sense. Like, thank thank you, Earl, for ruining all the matches of my childhood with that might be the, that might that might be your first YouTube video podcast. Is <laughs> the day that Earl dies. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, my God. Dino is going up. What? Going on, what is this going on? Yeah. This is definitely not going to. He's not going to. Compl- yep. He telegraphed that move. He got, he got hit in his bloated bitch gut. Mm. Oh, a knee oh, lift crazy. by Beefcake. Shades of Triple H. He's 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 assuming control. Maybe he'll hit the high knee. <laughs> oh, big backdrop. The backdrop back- back- where Bravo was already flipping over before he even made contact with Beefcake, so not very well executed. But you know who was very well executed? Dino Bravo. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm a terrible person. Bing, bang, boom. It was like seven <laughs> in the chest and four in the head. They shot the guy four times in the head and then seven times in the chest. Look, That's I, I, I know nobody liked them. I know it's sad and all. But I just think of how Bravo sold the bullets. Like, mm. did he jump way up in the air and like fall back? Like, like the way he. Was... <laughs> oh, uh, this is the perfect. Oh, oh my some God. interference. Does Dino... Dino Bravo? What? Well, Beefcake's uh. an idiot because he's forgetting about the count. Oh, and Earl is Earl. Oh no, this is probably what a double count out or something. Yeah. I so, remember correctly. So remember, and well, so you're you're wondering what what does Mister Perfect care about Dino Bravo? He has to fight the winner of this. Yeah, he, well, well, he's got he's got it in for Beefcake because of WrestleMania Six. Earl is calling for the bell. Bravo thinks he's won, but they've both been counted out. But there is a, a secret alliance between Dino Bravo and Mister Perfect. You know how? Enlighten me. Because they were on the same team at the 1988 Survivor Series. And oh, all, 
come back to the 1988 Survivor Series. It all comes back. And Bravo, Bravo is uh, really pissed off. Come on, hit him. Hit, hit Earl Hebner. Or at least uh, blow smoke at his face or something. But he's like, what do you want me, what do you want me to do? I, I counted you out. I have to, I have to do that. Well, Beefcake's got his hedge clippers, which primarily just for you know the benefit of the audience. You really can't cut hair with that. And I think this has been said before, but I think about this now. Jimmy Hart really is like the he's had the most champions. Has he? Under his under his managerial I mean, unless we're talking about like No, because I mean what no Bobby had Bobby had two different tag teams as champs. He had Root as the Intercontinental champ. He had perfect. So Bobby's probably that's three. So but Jimmy had Honky, he had uh Valentine. He had the mountain. He had, he had uh, Heart Foundation. He had the. He had, the, he had, he had the, uh, I, yeah, IRS and DiBiase. So yeah, I, I think he. I think he is. Uh, he had the natural disasters. He had Hogan as a world champion. Well, what you might be forgetting, as there's now a break between this and the next match, mm-hmm. is, uh, and I'm going to hit pause before we actually do start the next match up. Uh, Captain Lou Albano famously held, you know, led 16 teams to the tag team championship as the guiding light. Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking I was starting this because I was going to again, I was going to say something stupid and I was going to say this is the closest that Jimmy has sniffed the Intercontinental title since Honky. But then I remember that the Mountie did have it for 48 hours. Yeah, but the Mountie was after this. So you you would have. Right. You so think- I was technically close. And so then I was thinking, I'm like, Jesus, Jimmy Hart, like the has had the most intercontinental champions under his wing. Oh, he also forgot about the nasty boys too. Yeah, I think so. Aside from, well, I guess Lou Albano, it, I guess it's not really a discussion because Lou. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You could say Jimmy is the manager of champions. champions because he had more diversity in the champions that he had. And also let us not, let us not forget the, the first family in Memphis provided health insurance and benefits to its members, as I theorized many weeks ago. Okay, so I'm going to hit play for this okay, final first round match. May 11th. That also has a May 11th wrestling challenge, which is unusual because it's two pretty big names. Roddy Piper and the model Rick Martell. Another match with an extreme Portland feel. I mean, these guys were allies in 1980 Portland wrestling. They were. And now they're at each other's throats in the World Wrestling Federation. As Martel has got the he's he's not wearing a shirt with the the jacket with the button that says yes I am a model. Instead he's just oh, got that yeah. weird towel. Oh my god, that woman. All right, I'm gonna pause this on the woman there who kind of looks like uh, Stephanie Wyant, <laughs> less uh, less attractive older sister. Yeah, but that awful like bad 1989 90s hairstyle that was going around. It's almost like I don't know if uh, this is a stretch. Do you ever remember that? Remember that movie, Working Girl? I do. Yes. I never liked. Now I love Sigourney Weaver. Give me Sigourney Weaver any day of the week and twice on Sundays. She is okay. a beautiful woman. Still is to this day a beautiful woman. Her hair is atrocious in that movie. It is so bad in Working Girl. It's very much like this woman's hair. It's just this weird kind of choppy. I don't know. What do you call it? Wedge? I think it's a wedge. I, th- I think my mother had this hairdo for several years back in like the 80s and ni- early 90s. It was just a bad do for women. I don't know what women were doing with their hair back then, but oh. 
Well, that's okay. I, I brought home this great photo album from my mother's house last week, and my wife is looking through it, and she's like, your mother looks like Carla from Cheers. Like she had she had that hair going on for a while. So okay, yeah, I, I, I've seen enough of this woman with her thumbs down and her eyes closed. So I'm gonna. Hit the but she doesn't like Ricky Martel. I mean, wee oui, wee, oui. yeah. come on. So you know, get two natives of uh, French Canada in this tournament out of eight people, and they, they they had a pretty good chance. Not only that, Piper, of course, is actually from Canada as well. And then you have a guy from Texas who's being billed from Mexico in Tito, a guy from Louisiana who's being billed from Africa in Akeem, and a guy from Florida being billed from San Francisco in Beefcake. Everybody's just – I mean it's – well, this all goes back to your whole theory on you know fictional towns or fictional hometowns for these professional athletes and professional wrestlers. I mean – yeah. You know, you know, Cactus Jack, Mick Foley, he understood that well. I mean, why else would you choose Truth or Consequences, New Mexico? Because sure. it's a cool, cool thing to say. Piper wrestling here in the summer of 1990, like after the horrible Bad News Brown feud and the match at WrestleMania 6. And then he be, then he becomes the announcer right before SummerSlam. Like, there's not a lot of matches, I don't think, with him around this time period. I'm surprised Piper was able to get the pain off at this point. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he could. Because uh, yeah, that story. Andre, yeah. Andre took his. <laughs> Andre took the makeup removal. I get. I, you know, I believe that story, but some of what Piper says has to be taken with a grain of salt because there was a lot of cocaine going around at that yeah, time. I mean, yeah, eating um eating a garage. There was a lot of eating of garages going I'm on. Eat a garage, and I'm gonna watch some of these matches, and uh, I'm gonna get through. <laughs> Big sniff. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just watch out in your 1980s wrestling promos for dudes sniffing, like just, just like like the sniffing accountant from Seinfeld. <laughs> That's right. Like, like you, you can lo- you can learn a lot by how much people sniff. And there were no mole hair sweaters going on in that time, so you know. Yes. <laughs> Piper with the atomic drop. Let's. Anybody who plays a pretty boy heel character needs to be able to sell an atomic drop properly. Yes. Like Rick Martel understands that. Rick Rude understands that. I know I've only named two people, but Ted DiBiase understood it. Well, he wasn't really so much a pretty boy. I guess no, he but more... he was. I mean, he was. I would say DiBiase fits the mold of a pretty boy because he was, you know, well to do. You know. Well, you know what was funny is you never. Well, I get. I guess other than Virgil, I was going to say you never really saw DiBiase hanging out with anybody other than Virgil. But he he had associates behind the scenes. I mean, he had the whole thing with. Andre for a while, but Andre was technically his employee. All right, I got to keep this focused on Piper and Martel. Well, because... you're I, really you're forgetting his greatest friend, Randy Macho King. Man, oh well, King yeah, Savage. well, yeah, but that was more that was more behind the scenes. Except at the coronation, when they clearly were outed with DiBiase giving him the scepter, yeah, which I, which kind of was a dick move because it's like you got the brainbusters and the warlord in the ring, and they didn't bring anything. And they got to be looking at DiBiase like, what the we, fuck, man? Like, we didn't, we, we we didn't, didn't bring we anything. anything. All right, we're all going to give him, we're all going to get a card. We're all going to sign the card. All right. This, yes. is, from all, this is from all of us. <laughs> well, that's not uh, fair. That's not fair. <laughs> something about this match, like, you have such high expectations for Piper versus Martell. 
And then I think this is something that just can't possibly add up to what you hope it might be, given that these guys probably have chemistry together. I mean, we're talking at what? A seven-minute match tops on a wrestling challenge in 1990 WWF. Yeah. But I would say that this is probably – this is – yeah, you're not going to get much more out of a out of a wrestling challenge match. Yeah. I mean, time-wise, I mean, what are you going to do? You're not going to give them 20 minutes. No. Martel is still kind of figuring things out. I mean, because the guy was a babyface for so long and, like, the epitome yeah. – of a baby face. That's correct usage of the word epitome, by the way. Um, you just, it was going to take him a while. So it's been a year since he turned on Mr. Tito for uh, riding his coattails. And he's, he's still this, this model character. It, it took a while for them to fully flesh it out and, and develop it. Yeah. But this is such, such an interesting first round match. I, I don't know if they seeded this at all. Like, if, if you looked at the tournament seedings, I mean, you'd have to think Perfect would be the number one seed, right? I would think so. Uh, maybe not, though. Hmm. Maybe Roddy Piper. Yeah, but then that would make Martell the eighth seed. But Piper's not wrestling much. That, that would be the excuse to make him a lower seed than, well, than the other are, people. Well, Piper and Snooker are both... Oh, but that means Snooker's the eight seed? I mean, Snooker's a huge... Yeah, but this is 1990, Jimmy Snooker, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but that's, uh, uh, again, and I mean, everybody's supposed to think it's such a big deal that The Undertaker beat Superfly Jimmy Snooker at WrestleMania 7. I mean, how many times have we freaking heard that about, the first person on the streak was the legend Jimmy Snooker? Like, yeah, yeah. it was Jimmy Snooker 1991. There are certain people... I know that WWF and never likes to talk about their history, or they didn't, especially at this time. But there were certain people like Piper and Snuka who were like revered for what they were, you know. Where somebody, whereas somebody who was as awesome as he was early on, and this is Greg the Hammer Valentine. Greg Valentine was never like revered as well as like Snuka was, and I think early, you know, early Greg Valentine was awesome, you know. Yeah, uh, although I think the fans appreciated him tacitly because he got the huge ovation at the Hall of Fame at WrestleMania 20, like, yeah. like shockingly. So both Piper and Mar- uh, Piper and Martel are going for the arrogance. Yeah, <laughs> Martel tries to spray Piper with arrogance, and Piper holds up a chair <laughs> and he sprays the chair. <laughs> I love that spot. That's so That's good. A good spot. Now uh, this is this is kind of the way this match should end because oh. You know, you don't. Wow. He hit him in the. He went. Well, I, Martel obviously protected himself. Yeah, but he protected himself with the arrogance. He hit yeah. the, the chair, hit the can, which then hit Martel in the face. Yeah. Good for Martel. Yeah. Martel needed to fix his hair because the, the whole the whole bushy thing that that wasn't gonna work. He he had like Jimmy Garvin hair going on here, and that 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 wasn't gonna work. Now this is this is the way to end that match though because you want to keep Mar- you want to keep Martel strong and you know Piper's not friggin' jobbing. And you had to do you had to do two screwy finishes so Tito and Mr. Perfect go from the first round to the finals immediately. And Perfect coming out alone wearing the orange 
tights with the mm-hmm. black trim on the back. But he will not. Will he walk out alone? Now, was this film the same day as the Dino Bravo great, uh, Brutus Beefcake match? Because he's wearing oh. the same. He's wearing okay. the same outfit. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad you brought this up because this is one foible from this tournament that's kind of funny. The Piper Martell first round match we just saw yes. was taped on April 24th in San Antonio. This match, which is the finals, was taped April 23rd in Austin, Texas. So the finals <laughs> of the tournament was taped before the final first round match. It's like it's like the Battle of New Orleans taking place after <laughs> the War of 1812 ended. You could say that that was. Piper and Martell is the, la- the last Battle of New Orleans. The let's, last let's Battle call of it. New Orleans. Oh, uh, that's, that's, that's glorious. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it, it sounds very WCW-ish, but Austin... Yeah, I was, like, yeah what, was it the Nasty Boys that had the negative day rain? <laughs> It was the uh, Freebirds, actually. The Freebirds, so, you know, Jimmy Garvin. I, uh, I I don't know if there was anybody who went from Austin to San Antonio for this, for both of these TV tapings. I would tend to doubt it. Maybe there's one super fan who went ahead and did that. I mean, I've actually driven from Austin to San Antonio because I went there in 2010 have you ever been to either austin or san antonio texas i have not i have not i think i'm trying to think i think the closest i came to being in texas was i had a layover in houston for a flight to <laughs> la once uh, i have yet to been i've actually not been to many of the states in our great union uh you know i would like to get up there i think i've been to more provinces no i haven't i haven't been to more provinces uh mm. I've been to three of those. I haven't been to. I've been to more than three states, <laughs> but you know. Um, well, let let let's hope because I've I, I've been in uh, <laughs> more than three states with you. I think so. <laughs> I know. I I mean I've been I've definitely been to the four surrounding this state as well as Maine, New York. I've been to quite a few, but not as a, how many baseball parks have you been to? Uh, I. Th- just just major league ones because if we're counting yeah, minor, no, league not ones, minor league no major league ones major league ones i'd say it's probably about 18 to 20 somewhere in that ballpark no pun intended did you go to the um have, did you go to like the had you ever been to like the metrodome no i ne- I, ne- I never went there like at a younger age like the only stadiums that i really went to before i was like 14 was like olympic stadium in montreal because oh, yeah. my my hockey team played in like a tournament with a, we did like a cultural exchange with the suburb of Montreal. And we, we went up there, including in the year 1990, although it was 88 when I went to the Expos game it was the Expos and the Phillies. Oh, that's cool. I used I've to been, I, I've been to stadiums that are now gone. Like the, yeah, the that's bet, where the bet in yeah. Philly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you know what? what um, yeah. The Metrodome that's gone. Um, yep. That's uh, and then anything old, that was like one of those stadium. concrete circles is gone now too. Old, like except, except for Oakland, right? <laughs> yeah, that's still there with the um, baseball team. Yeah. But then like Shea and the old Yankee Stadium, those are both gone. Yeah, I went to I went to Shea Stadium twice in 2008. I sat in the last row of the 700s uh, behind. Actually, I think it was first base side, and there was actual feces behind my seat, and we <laughs> couldn't figure out if it was a baby, a human baby, or a cat. 
or a cat. Like the the, the like the texture and integrity of the feces was very much the same. Might have been the big cats. Like like I was kind of looking at it the same way that Bill Murray is looking at the uh, baby Ruth bar after he cleans up the pool. Like it's no big deal. Could it have been a baby Ruth bar? I I didn't go that far. No, with it being New York City, I was more uh, inclined to believe that it was actual well, it, actual shit. It's it been is, pretty back and forth so far with Perfect and Tito. It is Queens. Mm. I hate I hate Queens. No offense yeah. to your New York listeners. You know, I, I apologize in advance. Yeah. No. <laughs> any, any disparaging remarks I say about the borough of Queens. <laughs> well, if I if I had to rank the five boroughs, it it probably goes. Manhattan. Uh, I I would actually go Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Bronx. Although the Bronx isn't that terrible. I went to the the wedding there uh, early last year. It was actually in like a really nice part of the Bronx, which I know people probably roll their eyes like, there's a nice part of the Bronx. Like, yes, in fact, there is like Van Cortlandt Park. That's actually very nice. Granted, it's practically closer to Westchester than it is to like Midtown. So yeah. <laughs> I mean. So all right. T uh Perfect puts his head down and gets sunset flipped by Tito for a two count. I don't think this is as good as the Saturday night's main event match, which was freaking awesome. Yeah, I was I was thinking it's interesting that they had they had a tournament final on superstars. You would you would have thought that they would have had they would have planned this a little better to have the tournament final be on Saturday night's main event. They, well, like if they wanted to rush it, they could have because the Saturday night's main event was actually in Austin, Texas on this night. So as they're taping this, the Saturday night's main event was taped that same day. So they, they in theory, could have done that, but it, that would have been a real rush job because, remember, that Saturday night's main event aired April 28th. And the tournament was literally starting on superstars that day. Yeah. I think if if you really wanted to get fancy, you do a, you basically <laughs> launch King of the Ring and kind of do a tournament that way and have, have your IC champion be crowned there. But then again, once you get to June, Hogan's not around, so you can't have him on the card. And what are, you, what are you doing with Warrior? You have him with Rude? You don't want to burn that out too quick because you're trying to take it to SummerSlam. So you're trying to you're trying to I'm I'm trying to think through the reasoning is you you want to have it during the sweeps period on superstars because you you want people to watch this stuff too. Yeah. And hmm. Tito's going after the leg, so going for the figure four, but oh look! Look who's arrived. Oh look who look who came Keep down. Oh, Bobby Heaton has just appears magically. I'd like to see your manager's license for this man, sir. Oh, he got locked up in the figure four. I thought that was the finish there for a second, but it was not. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have to think that no one thought that Tito was going over. No, uh, other than maybe me. And like I said, I got mad. And that's why I called the gym teacher a fucking bitch two days later, because I was mad about Tito. Oh, he's going Santana for the flying burrito. Yeah. Now, Tito Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan, has he ever had any issue with Tito Santana before this? Well, he said a lot of things on commentary about but, him. Oh, he got locked up a small package. Oh, Mr. Wow. Perfect wins. What a what, not, he didn't he didn't 
Well, he didn't pin. Well, no, he pinned Snuka, but he didn't hit a perfect plex on either of these guys. Yeah, he in an era when finishers meant something. Yeah, but everybody is so well protected at the same time that you know, I don't. I don't mind matches not finishing. No, no, it's great. I love. I love a match ending on a small package. But somebody throw their hat in the ring. Did you no, see that? No, I think that's his. I think that's his towel. Really? I think it was his towel, isn't it? It, it looked it looked like a white hat. All Did right, I'm, 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 I'm backing this up because okay, that looked on, like yep. a hat. All right, let's. All see. right, eight thirty nine, eight forty of this video, and stop. Oh, it is a hat. That is definitely that is definitely a hat. Somebody <laughs> threw a, a hat in the ring. You know what? That's a really good stop. That's almost like it's it's almost like when they they replayed the Savage beating Tito and they they stop the tape and, and close in on the uh, the coal roll steel. He used the knockout Santana, like I, I, which I think perfect is stuffing his tights with the same thing that uh, Macho pulled out of his pants. So somebody threw their hat in the ring, which means one of two things: either Mister Perfect got a hat trick, mm, or, or, or something, or perhaps uh, he was going to do a Mexican hat dance spot with Tito as some sort of derogatory gesture. <laughs> Or it could have just been a, a ringside fan who was just so angry and so disgusted <laughs> with the results of the end of this tournament final. It's healthy. They, they said, gah, that means that Bobby Heaton, he has the ability to manage another Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> well, I'd say that this... my official WWF hat in the ring. <laughs> this is uh, what Heenan did here is very much like Phil Jackson. A dude is about to win a title, and Phil Jackson just walks onto the scene like, oh, you're telling me Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant are in their primes? Yes, I agree to coach your team now that everything's been ready-made for me. All right, I'm going to hit play again. Oh, I, I guess I backed it up uh, 10 seconds okay. before we'll I hit play. But this is an interesting post-match, and I want I want to see if you notice uh, something with Perfect. They still have not given him the belt. Oh, I know exactly what it is. Yes. Yeah. I know well, exactly first, what it is. I'll, first, we're going to get the replay. Till, should I Heenan, wait until it comes on the screen? Heenan getting up on the apron, yelling at Tito because he overcharged him for a taco bowl. Mm-hmm. And provides a dis- mm-hmm. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. There it is. Intercontinental sort of title. Uh, no. Addressing the crowd, and I do want to see what it is. It's it's a tag belt. Yes, it's it it, it is a tag belt. It's not one of Dusty's Georgia Championship Wrestling titles, or no, that's the kind of thing that he would bring in for um into W into WCW when he was the Booker. He's announcing now that Heenan is his new manager because the genius is uh, fallen by the, fallen by the wayside apparently. Oh, the big hug. Oh, I love. What a feel-good moment this is. These two guys should have been paired together from day one. It just feels right. Yeah. But I guess you had to give something to Genius to do. I guess. You got you to keep Macho happy somehow. I mean, his crazy, crazy <laughs> self, I guess. So, so how did you like that? The 1990 Intercontinental Title Tournament in full. An entire turn. That was like 45 minutes of wrestling. That's it. Well, I figured, you know, it's a little bit different than watching a normal show, which just 
they they kind of keep disappearing from YouTube, it seems. Mm. But with it being the 30th anniversary of of this, you know, having it's, it. It was the, lovely. Yeah. I mean, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. I mean, let's put it this way. You needed to do something fun for the Intercontinental title after Warrior. Like somebody like you're going to give it to a heel. Yeah. Um, perfect is the perfect. Can- no pun intended. Perfect. Can- <laughs> Although, I mean, I've actually I mean, he was the perfect person to have it on. I just I think he would have been a better opponent for Warrior instead of Rude at the beginning. And I feel like they kind of bogged him down with Kerry Von Erich, you know, and um, that's that stinks, you know. Well, that that was all because of the beefcake accident, which, yeah, that's got to that's got to be a dark side of the ring at some point. You know, him getting his face destroyed and yeah, coming yeah. back. I mean, but I, I mean, uh, uh, I just it's it sucks, too, because I think like you could have had you could have had somebody else, somebody better. You know, like being the challenger for for him during that SummerSlam period. And, you know, like it could have been anybody, you know, or even just I don't know. It just stinks because, I mean, I know that they I know the whole giving it to Kerry Von Erich was kind of like a. Well, I mean, there's the rumor that they gave it to him because they didn't want him to kill himself. But just it's very sad. Hey, I, I got to bring up something, and it, it kind of relates to him tangentially because it was something that I did not know. That apparently there is an urban legend that Avril Lavigne died and was replaced by a doppelganger, and that just reminded me of the Ultimate Warrior dying and being replaced by Kerry Von Erich. So, like, who who is Avril Lavigne's Kerry uh, Von Erich in that case? I don't know. I I would assume it would be somebody like an Amy Whitehouse, but she's dead too. So who knows? Maybe it's Fiona Apple. She's not doing anything. Oh, I'm I'm sure she's I'm sure she's doing plenty. Oh, T- you know who it is? T- tending to her orchard and all. You know, you know who it probably is. Um, what was Jessica Simpson's sister's name? Ashley Simpson. Yeah, remember how? When, remember on Saturday Night Live when she started singing the wrong song? Da 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 da. da. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I remember that. And then she like awkwardly skipped and then walked yeah. off stage. Yeah. I mean, she pretty much vanished after that. So I mean, that would have been that would have been good. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. I, I, well, she's gone. Let's just replace her. God, that warrior thing was always happening. It's not the same guy. No, it's the same guy. He's just not on steroids anymore. Like you and, can tell. And he's got weird bangs now. Yeah, and, I mean, and he, he had, lost fifty. You pounds. know what he had? He had Angela from uh, Who's the Boss? Hair is what he had. He had Judith That's Light. right. He had Judith Light hair. It's Judith. Judith Light was the doppelganger for Jim Helwig. <laughs> Judith Light was the ultimate warrior in 1996. I don't that's know if a, you know that, but that's true. That's a, You should buy that website domain, and that's your website for greetings from Allentown. It's judithlightisthealtimatewarrior.com. <laughs> given, given how little respect is given to the truth these days, there there are stupider things that I could do with my life than to just go out there and say, that's not Judith Light. Like, like that's not that's not the ultimate that's, word. That's Judith Light. That's not Jim Helwig. That's Judith Light. Like Mo, like Angela from Mona and Who's the Boss. That's Judith Light. You know, Judith Light, the 
special guest star on Law and Order SVU, low these past 25 years. Like, that's Judith Light. She was the warrior for a while. Actually, she, I just I just went to Judith Light's uh, Wikipedia page in the picture that came up. I thought it was uh, Kelly Ed Conway. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe there's a different uh, a doppelganger thing. Going, going we gonna, that. Well, can we find out what Judith Light was doing during 1992? I mean, Warrior well, wasn't in – he wasn't in WWF for that long. I mean, you know, maybe she took a year off from acting and decided to become a wrestler for – Well, wait a minute year. here. Who's the boss went off the air in 1992? The Ultimate yeah. Warrior returned in 1992. Hmm. Do we know hmm. for a fact that Judith Light and Jim Helwig have ever been in the same room? There, there's been no confirmation of that. In fact, I kind of wonder what would happen – Right now, if I do a Google search, Judith Light, should I do Judith Light Ultimate Warrior or Judith Light Jim Helwig? Judith Light Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. See if anything comes up. Oh, almost certainly not. Transparence Judith Light. Botox doesn't work on me. I'm serious. I've tried it. Okay. It's all Judith Light stuff. I don't get any Ultimate Warrior stuff at all. People, people are just not in on this the way we are the way you and i are well listen we can be i'm i'm very interested in what you have to say and i'd like to subscribe to your newsletter <laughs> well you could I, i'm going to refer you to my website judith light is the ultimate warrior.com <laughs> that's like <laughs> i mean that's, that's like <sighs> my my one conspiracy theory that i always used to like pedal to people was that Michael Jackson died when they were filming the Pepsi commercial and he, you know, his hair caught on fire and that Michael Jackson is not, he's, he's not, he's not a person. He's an entity. So it's more important for them to just replace him. And that's why they got some crazy white guy and taught him how to dance. And that was Michael Jackson. And that's the kid. That's the guy that like molested boys and things like that. Not like beat it, Michael Jackson, but like weird Michael Jackson. And so my, my whole theory was Michael Jackson is the dread pirate Roberts. <laughs> you know, I really, 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 really want to believe that the only problem the only hang-up that i have with that theory is well why was the bad album so good because that that would have been after the pepsi commercial that's the one hang-up so maybe he had those songs written ah so you think think they're in the can already okay yeah i mean tupac's still putting out new albums i mean you know (laughs) And people believe he's alive. I think I like, that the original yeah, t- Michael Jackson, the one from the Jackson 5, he died when he his hair caught on fire and they brought him to the hospital and he died en route. And what we're left with, and they said, well, you know, and Quincy Jones might be the only one that knows the truth. And, mm. Quin- and Quincy Jones said, well, you know, this sounds like we need somebody to be – Michael Jackson is much more than a man. We need to keep this alive. You know? And – and and they're all in on it, and I I think that that should be the next Michael Jackson documentary is uh, to 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 explore these these very important topics. And you know, coming on Dark Side of the Ring season three, Judith Light is the <laughs> ultimate warrior. I think you and I right now we could pitch these two things to Netflix and probably get a ten part miniseries on both. <laughs> Netflix right. will fund anything. So it seems, yes. 
so so it seems. There's so much crap on there that I just won't even touch with a ten foot pole. Uh, I can't even watch Orange is the New Black for for various reasons that I won't get into here. But we are. I mean, we're what? out of time, folks. Fa- fa- Keithy, we're out of time. Uh, yes, it's been very nice watching the 1990 Intercontinental Title tournament and then somehow discussing judith light for seven or eight consecutive minutes <laughs> well it's good conversation but that's that's what we do here it's, it's very very freewheeling i, I want to have a natural flow to this you're saying what pete why, why are you talking like johnny carson right now the reason is i want to provide a playground environment like when I was on The Tonight Show, when I was hosting back in 1974, and Burt Reynolds would come on, and we'd basically just you know, play like slapdicks the entire time. Weird, that, that's that, that's what we would do. Weird, wild stuff, I'll tell you right now. Uh, and, I, and, and I want you to be my Burt Reynolds. <laughs> I can, can I be? Can I be? I can do a good... Yes, sir! <laughs> yes, sir! We could do that. We could do... Oh, we could have... We could play the great Karnak. We could call it the great Pinak. <laughs> or or maybe maybe what we should do is just watch and I've done this before and I can't just recommend watch that this best enough. Of Johnny Carson clip. No, well that works too, but there are people who have curated all of Bob Uecker's appearances on the Tonight Show from <laughs> from the 1970s into the 80s and I can't recommend those highly enough because uh, Uecker just kills in every single one of them with sure. the funniest bit being him doing he, he's impersonating another broadcaster i think it was a guy who did white Sox games or royals games or something and he's impersonating him calling a game it's like in the ninth inning as like nuclear bombs are going off in the distance <laughs> like the soviets have fired missiles into the united states oh and he can see them he can see them exploding and he's oh just God. continuing to call the game as he's doing it it's 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 one of the funniest bits ever <laughs> it's like an episode of brockmeyer <laughs> <laughs> yes, which is which is wrapping up uh, very, very soon. I, I recommend that show. I think this last season has been a little bit uneven, but wh- <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we save our thoughts on that for... Well, the when... one thing I will say is when he... Yeah. Wait, he does mention something about Bob Uecker, like still being alive, and it's really funny because my brother and I were looking at that going, wait, come on. <laughs> it was just really funny. He references Bob Uecker. Yeah. He's like, Bob Uecker, well, he hates me. Well, that, that show will be having its series finale next Wednesday night at 10. Yes. yes. IFC. But, indeed, we are out of time yes. for this right. episode of GFA Live. Thank you once again, Keithy, for you. joining me. And do stay tuned for another exciting edition of GFA Live. That's Judith Light. She was the warrior for a while.